Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin, and with me today, I have three other doctors. I have Dr. Rhonda Bompenza Zimmerman. She's a professor at Grand Canyon University, as well as a substance use response coordinator at Maricopa County Department of Public Health. I have Dr. Bob Choate. He's a professional student. He is endlessly curious. He has eight years of military experience, and he currently works with executives on mental transformation and creating states of flow. I have Dr. Jenna Ross. She's a performance consultant, mental well-being specialist, and has 13 years of military experience. The question I have for the three of you today seems apropos. What is the best way to get an expert to explain something in simple terms? Dr. Bob, give us your short version of this. Yes, I recall a, a quote by Albert Einstein. I'm just going to paraphrase. And he says, if you can't explain something to a six-year-old, then you don't know what you're talking about. Those that tend to complicate even simple concepts, they have no understanding of it mm. at all. One person I've followed for a long time, another physicist, Dr. Richard Feynman, who won a Nobel Prize in 65. And he came up with this thing called the Feynman technique. So this is a technique on learning, but it's also can be a technique on, on teaching where he explains that you need to, first of all, learn everything you can about the subject. You need to deep dive into it. A lot of so-called experts really don't know their, their, their subject. And then you need to find somebody, a child, and you need to teach them what you know. I tell people, find like a nine-year-old or 12-year-old and just teach that person what you know if if they're like what the heck did did you talk about then you need to go back to the drawing board and redo everything mm. and 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 that was one of the things that i got from that and and i can remember doing my my um, dissertation being challenged for it on on a uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and epigenetics and i had explained epigenetics because these were psychologists mm. and and I was teaching something much deeper. So I had to simplify it to the point where I had to use an, an analogy. I used an orchestra analogy to teach epigenetics. And so it's about simplifying, 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 using stories and everything like that. For me, I first of all, I ask a lot of questions and I disclose that ahead of time, particularly if it's mm -hmm. something that I really, really am interested in learning and knowing myself and how I best learn I find it my responsibility to let the other person know, hey, I'm a kinesthetic tactile learner, so can we do some role playing, break the information down into smaller chunks? And I also ask them to have a lot of patience with me because my brain does not retain information pretty mm -hmm. easily. It takes a lot of learning, even after the conversation, for, for me to really grasp complex things. I think having that conversation with whoever you're learning from is really important to express what learning style works best for you so that they can communicate in a way that works for both of you. I love what Dr. Bob said about the analogy, and I like to use a lot of analogies, especially because lately, more recently, I've had a lot of adolescent kind of between the ages of 12 to 18 clients mm -hmm. that I've been working with. And so for me to be able to communicate 
at their level to them, analogies work really well. Me describing kind of how the brain works when I'm talking to them about performance psychology and, you know, all those things, the theories behind it and whatnot is I take it and put it in terms of like, okay, it's like the highway, the freeway, the 101 out there, you know, and I'll break it down in simple terms to something that they can relate with, something that they've seen Hmm. before so that there's that connection of, oh, like I get that. This is the very similar to that. So similar to what Dr. Bob said, as far as using those analogies and things that people already have experience with to Mm. then break down those more complex ideas and concepts to them. I think for me, the thing that really, really helped me when I was in college was that I was already 32 years old before I got started. And I didn't have this fear of saying, I don't understand. And so when a teacher would explain something and I would just be lost, I'd be like, no, sorry, go back. Didn't understand. Do it again. (laughs) And I can't tell you how many people would come up to me and say, I'm so glad you asked. I was so lost. I was never afraid to be that. I'm stupid. I didn't get it. Do it again. (laughs) Reminding experts that there are things that you think that are common knowledge that I have no idea what you're talking about. And I try to remember that when I explain things to people. And I know sometimes I'm surprised when somebody's like, oh, that's an epiphany. I didn't know that. And I'm like, oh, I need to remember that that's something that is so ingrained that I think it's common knowledge and it's not. I've come across experts that they'll they'll even speak where I don't understand it even now because I'm such a prolific reader. I've read so many in a lot of different areas and I may grasp a little bit of it. And, And I have told them, I want you to find a subject you know nothing about and see where you have to start with that subject. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go to a top expert talking the way you're talking to me? Or are you going to go find somebody that can teach you like the very basic foundation and, and make it clear? You mm-hmm. don't need to get precise. You have to be clear and, and, you, and you have to understand it from that person. And that got them to, to think that they're that expert, that they have to be clear. I, I would also add to the this conversation dr robin you had mentioned this in another quick hits body language tells a lot so if i'm listening to somebody trying to explain something to me you know my facial gestures that i make my look of confusion or something can be very telling and that kind of gives them an indication ah let's try another way to facilitate learning Mm -hmm. because obviously the person listening is not comprehending what i'm trying to explain i For me, there was a professor when I was in grad school and I came to them with a article and I was like, I'm dumb. I don't understand. I've read this three times. I don't get it. And she said to me, Robin, if you've read it three times, it's not that you're dumb. It's that they didn't write it well. And I do feel like as an expert, it's my responsibility to make sure the person I'm talking to understands. And if there's a communication breakdown, that's my fault. That's not their fault. It's not their job to go and look up words in the dictionary if I'm being too complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes we get excited about our knowledge. And so at least for me being fairly newer in the field, there's so much that I know that I want to share. And sometimes I forget that, like, keep it simple. And Mm -hmm. don't go into all these expounding upon this idea that goes to this idea, you know, and it's just keep it very simple. And I have to tame my own excitement to explain these things to people sometimes because I do get excited. And sometimes I go overboard, I think, talking to people where it's like they didn't need to know all that. 
They only needed to know this very simple thing. Mm -hmm. And yet I may have now just confused them because I shared too much or too complex of an idea that they're not yet ready for. I think that happens to a lot of people, especially like in the field of psychology. A lot of first year students, they'll, they'll learn because I taught first year. We get excited about all these new concepts. So we go try to psychoanalyze people and, and then we're spewing out stuff and people say, what, what, do, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's because we don't know what, what, we're, what we're talking about at that point in time. I have a grad student I mentor, and I have to remind him on a regular basis that he doesn't have to go quoting studies and, and all these theories to people. They don't care. They just want the information. Don't give them all the theory. Also knowing your audience. So having an understanding of what knowledge a person is bringing to the conversation can kind of help you determine what level of expertise you kind of want to share in that conversation. So if it's more of a sitting around the kitchen table kind of conversation, then you know to lower maybe the details of the conversation and keep them simple. But if you're in an executive meeting, you're obviously going to change the tone and the way you communicate when you're trying to present information. And I definitely find that when I work with executives and really high-level leaders, If they want to know, where did that come from? How do you know that? They're going to ask me questions that dig down. And I had one client tell me once, he said, I like about you is that you'll just give me information. But if I dig for details, you've got the science and the information. And you can start throwing articles and stuff at me if I want more, but you don't inundate me with things if I don't want them. And to your point, then Rhonda, know your audience. And and if you're on the other side of it, if you're lost, just say so. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with going, I don't understand. You need to start somewhere else. And I don't think enough of us are brave enough to do that. I think we just nod and go, oh yeah. And then we walk away going, I have no idea what we just learned. Mm-hmm. Well, that is our 10 minutes. So I'm going to cut us off there. Thank you so much for being my group of experts today. It was great fun to speak to you. And I look forward to seeing each of you again on another Quick Hits.